Hello and welcome to another episode of your favorite family podcast. Ministry podcast, maybe? Family ministry podcast? Yeah. Exactly. And actually, we're number number 100 and something in the UK. Maybe. Maybe. That's, <laughs> someone sent us a message saying that. So it was either a scam or they were really trying to encourage us. I think they wanted to sell us something. I oh. think that that's what it was. They were buttering us up for yeah. sales, mm-hmm. which they know how to get to our heart. Yeah. Um, so welcome right. back to another episode. This is episode 18, 18. of Raising the Revival Generation podcast. And uh, we are going to piggyback off of our last episode. But before we do that, let's cover all the bases get all the announcements that sure. we need to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, and so I'll turn it over to my lovely wife, Bethany, for that. Yeah. Hey, if you're searching for community and you're looking to ask questions or interact a little bit more, we'd love for you to join our Facebook community. And you can find that at Raising the Revival Generation Fellowship, and it should pop right up. And um, and we'd love to interact with you more. It's a place to ask questions, and we ask questions, and sometimes our friends troll us on there. So it's, it's typically a pretty good time. Um, and then on, you know, whatever platform you're listening to this on, if you want to give us a thumbs up, a heart, whatever it is, and we'd love that. Give us a comment if you can. We love comments. We love questions. We, we love it all. And, uh, sharing is caring, man. Yeah. So share the (laughs) podcast with your friends. That's what she meant to say after that. Sharing is caring. Um, also, if you comment or you have like a testimony, oh, we, love, we testimonies. love testimonies and we, because we are actually, we were going back looking at our uh, um, analytics Yeah, and our testimony podcast was huge. Yeah, it jumped up. I, I don't know why or how, but it did. And, you know, the thing is, is that this podcast is really our testimony and it's, yeah. you know, we talk about our life, but we particularly focus on the past three years where our life has just so radically changed and we went from being Sunday Christians to just really running after Jesus and letting him change our whole lives and, and change who we are. And so um, that's what we want for you. And that's our goal in this podcast. Our goal is is to share our hearts, to share our testimony, um, to equip and empower you as parents, as you're raising children. Um, so you can do what we're doing now. And then, yeah. Yeah, and so like wildfire. we were meeting with a with a friend of ours, and they were asking us like, "What is the what is the mission of this podcast?" Mm-hmm. And and the the issue of family is is an issue that that oftentimes gets neglected. And in our church environments, what we do is we have a, a kids program over here, and the parents get go over the, to this place. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what but um, one of the biggest areas that we've identified that is under attack by Satan. And it's been under attack by Satan for a long time is that of the family. Yeah. It's it's Satan comes and he and he takes apart the family. And there's really not any really good biblical teaching on 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 parenthood. Right. On parenthood as a calling, on parenthood as being equipped by God in order to fulfill that as as what it means. I mean, we quote scriptures enough. Right. Like like spare the rod, spoil the child is something that someone always says, and we're not gonna get into that when we talk about that in another in another podcast, but also like the idea of like train a child in the way that they should go and then and then they won't depart. Right. Like we 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 talk about those things, but there's no there's no good training on how to equip because mm-hmm. ultimately what this came down to, when we're talking about this and our high our high esteem for parenthood and our high um, our high view of it is because it's what God used to establish leaders for the church. Right. When you go to Timothy, right, and he and he says, look at 
look at the the way that the wife, the husband and wife relationship is, and see how their kids treat them, mm-hmm. like how their kids respond to them. Because if they can't manage their own household well, or be a steward of what God has given them right. on their local, like right. just in the immediate environment, then how can they manage the household of God? How right. could they steward the house of God, the children right. of God, if they can't even steward their own children? If their children are wayward and drunkards and cussing them out and hate them and don't want anything to do with them, don't love them, then how are they supposed to, to be able to steward a relationship between the sheep of God with the with the good shepherd if they can't do it on their own level? Because that's the criteria. Right. And that, that actually was is why we jumped into doing this podcast is because parenting is, is something that God holds as extreme value. Yeah. Because ultimately our kids are called by God. Right. That's And so we're going to be talking about having a Christian worldview and it begins with that too. Yeah. Is that our kids belong to God. Right. God formed them. God knitted them. God has a plan and a purpose for their life. And so immediately when we talk about Christian worldview, you you, you look at, at God forming. Right. God is creator. God is the one who who makes things out of out of out of uh, well, in the beginning he created everything out of nothing. He spoke mm-hmm. it into existence, but God's the one that gives it purpose. Right. Right? It we it, God answers the question of why. Yeah. Why are why am I on this earth? It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever as John Piper says, and so some people just tuned out because I said that name, but whatever. Some people are like, "Yeah, sorry, Jackie," and some people are cheering it on. So, <laughs> but like, but that's but that's what it is. It's to glorify God and and mm. to and 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 enjoy His goodness and 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 because why do we glorify God? Because He's good, right? We sing His praises because it's Amen. who He is. We don't just say, "God, You're good," because You forced me to say You're good. Yeah, like that's not. It's His goodness that leads us to repentance. It's His goodness that we sing, "Lord, You, you are good, and Your mercy endures forever." Right. Um, and so, and, and in parenting, what what we want is we want to experience the goodness of God, and then we want to impart that into our children. Yeah, we want our children to experience the goodness of God and to recognize the goodness of God, and and begin to so that way, you know, you start them out way farther ahead than when you were. So so they don't have to climb uphill like we had to climb uphill, right? Yeah, they're able to have a a much higher up jumping off point, a la- launching point, you know, into into wherever they go, and and that that's that's the goal is we want children who are passionately in love with Jesus and following him. And, and with that comes, uh, comes the idea that you can't give what you don't have. Right. That's right. right. So like, and we've tried so, that. So you want your kids, like a lot of parents will say, I want my kids to know Jesus. I want my kid. In fact, we get kids that come to church that their parents don't go to church. Right. Because they, they, but you can't give your kids what you don't have. Yeah. That's right. So you have to cultivate that, that same, um, biblical, understanding um of who you are in christ jesus in order to be able to pass that on to your kids right right right. um i remember reading a book called the wounded healer and it was it and and what the premise was that that they were wounded but they knew that that in christ was healing and because they experienced the healing in christ it wasn't there they understood that they were wounded but they were able to bring comfort because christ comforted them and Mm. brought healing to them that's corinthians um it talks about the god of all comforts able to comfort us in our time of need and we can comfort each other but but to understand that you can't give what you don't have. Right. But also with that takes some vulnerability. Yeah. To share what you've gone through. Right. The experiences that you've gone to. Right. And so with this podcast, that's something that we've tried to do is try to be somewhat vulnerable yeah. and transparent to say, like, if God can do it in our life and we've we've had some brokenness and we've had some hurt yeah. and we've had to overcome some things. We had to we had to redig up the wells of kind of like our, our Pentecostalism of, of the Holy Spirit moving in us and speaking to us and mm in order for God to really bring about the healing that he wanted to do yeah. in our life. And so it was a, it's been a road of self-discovery. Yeah. But in that it's shaped our whole world view of the way we view things. Right. The way we view our kids. Yeah. Like it wasn't just an accident. Mm. Like we weren't just young and got 
married in Bible college and then had a baby immediately just because we were foolish. It was because, but God, God ordained Adeline's life, our firstborn. Right. He consecrated her days. Yeah. He knew the day she was going to be born and he you knows the day that she's going to breathe her last breath. Right. And all along that, as we read today in our family devotions, that there's an assignment on her life. That's right. Paul had an assignment that was sent from Jesus to do things and she has an assignment on her life and Lila's the same way. Yeah. And Asher and Micah. And when Micah came along, at the same time, Lexi came along yeah, and Lexi right. and Zion and Jaira Mercy. And, and it's to understand that. And, yeah. and to understand that parenting is a calling. That's right. And it's a high calling. Yeah. It's not a second rate ministry. because right. It's the first ministry because it qualifies you for all the other ministries. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and, and we had to learn that, right? Because we did the, we did the reverse. Yes. We did the, we, we did the ministry first, family second, but really it's out of the overflow, overflow of what's happening in your family before you can go minister. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's something that I don't even know. I mean, when we went to Bible college, wasn't even really taught to us. That wasn't even. Yeah. A, a, a subject, you know, it wasn't even anything. It was just something that we had to learn. Now, I, I had, I personally, you know, my parents were, were really, I have amazing parents. And so, and they're amazing pastors. And I feel like they balanced the family pastor situation well. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't follow after what was modeled to me. Mm. You know, it didn't click. Because oftentimes what we do is, is, just as a minister is, is when you first come into ministry, you almost like segregate your life. So when you brought up like, uh, like there's not, when we went to Bible college, there mm-hmm. wasn't really any teaching. Right. And that, that's something I brought up a few times, especially with, uh, with, with Josh, who was in the podcast. Right. I said, one of the most important things that they don't teach you is how to raise family. Yeah. And how to do family. Right. Because if that's the qualification for ministry, as Paul lays out to Timothy, then it needs to be something that we really hone in on. Right. Like, how do you raise your family? Because I don't want to be ministering to thousands of people and have my kids go to hell. Right. That's not. That would kill me. Yeah. That would, that would be the worst. Well, and at the end of the day, for us, it, it's all about our children. So, right. like, if, you know, if, if, if we had a child with a crisis or something like that, you know, then it's you step back and, it, and it's that child. Because that's, that's, these are the gifts that God has given us to steward. And we have to get this right. We have to protect them. We have to honor them. We have to get, pour everything into them. And also, our window of raising children is very small. In the grand scheme of things, it's very, very small. And and so there's two things that came to mind when you were saying that, and I think I just forgot one of them. <laughs> but one of them, one of them. Oh, oh, someone posted on Facebook a friend of ours, and he'll know it if he listens to this podcast. If he doesn't, then he'll never hear it because I'm like, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you're a friend, you should be listening. Support us. Hold out. Um, but uh, but he posted that that family is more important than ministry. Yeah, and that's true. But also, but also, you need to understand that. Ministry is family. That's right. Whether no matter what side of the spectrum you're sure. on, if you're if you're ministering to your kids, it's your family first. Right. Like you have to. If you're not ministering to your own children, then you're really neglecting your your role as the parent as as a spiritual leader. Right. Of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and 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 I'm not trying to harp on people. Yeah. But I but I am here to encourage you that today's the day. Yeah. Start then, now because when right. we were talking about like with our kids, right? We since we've been doing those things, it's been so much easier. Mm-hmm. it's been so much easier to, to talk to them. It's been so much easier to even bring correction. Right. And because they know, mm-hmm. they know, right. They know wrong. They know they have the conviction of the Holy spirit in their right. hearts. They know. Right. But it's also been easier to do ministry with them. Right. So like, it's not just like, Oh, dad has to go do ministry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like at any point, if I'm, if I'm preaching something, I could easily call my daughter up to lead worship and it's going to be a spirit led anointed right. worship service. Yeah. So, um, so there's that aspect of it, but the second part is love. 
Mm -hmm. So, wait, back to ministry. Ministry is family. Yeah. Because the church is a family of families. We are the family of God. I'm just wondering if they can hear your daughter leading worship downstairs yeah, right now. <laughs> They're uh, singing so loud. But uh, so that so there's there's that aspect of it. Actually, not because I have a nice uh, gate on this that closes oh, it after I talk. Fancy. So, um, but but first of all, there, there's ministry is family and, and family is ministry because the church is a family. Yeah. And I post I put a post up on online and got a lot oh, of you're comments always- on it. Causing controversy. Uh, and it was just simply, it was someone I, you told me to post because I read it on someone else's <laughs> Facebook and, I, and you're like, yeah, post that again. And it simply said that McDonald's can mess up your order 101 times and you're always going to go back and church messes up like once and then you're gone. But, uh, but it, and, and my whole, my whole reason of posting that wasn't to bring condemnation. If you, if you left your church, whatever. Um, but it was just to say like the church is more than just a thing. Right. The church is family. It's not a club. This yeah. isn't like the elk club. Yeah, it's it's a family. It's right. a family of families. God right. ordained it that way. That's why He says it's a body. Yeah, like my arm can't just say to the rest of my body, "Peace out" and leave. Right? This isn't this is right. This isn't the Evil Dead. Remember when I did that sermon on the Evil Dead and the body of Christ, and the uh, guy cuts his arm off and it comes alive and starts attacking him. Anyways, so that was that was the first sermon I did a long time ago. But it's not it's not that way where one part can just leave up and leave because it hurts. Right. It's just like a, like when we talk about marriage, like divorce and all that. Like it says, a man, a husband and wife become one. Yeah. The body of Christ. We're one body. We can't just up and leave and just take off and say, well, I'm taking my ball and going home. Right. Um, it's not. And but so often we treat it like it flavors of ice cream. Right. Well, I don't like that flavor. So I'm going to try this flavor. Right. But but so ministry is family and family is ministry. But also ministry is done out of a place of love. Right. So if you want to know about love, please read first John. Yeah. It's short, but it's all about love. And it says, yeah. we know what love is because God loved us That's first. Right. And then That's it says right. this, that, that since God has loved us, we ought to love one another right. the same way. And he says this, we know that we are born of God if we love one another. Right. And so, so that concept there that he's writing to the church, it's, it's love, it's family, it's, it's, it's all that. But that same idea of love needs to carry over to our families. Hmm. So that's where that's where it becomes an if and and like it, it's the same thing. It, we don't turn it off. It's not a. It's not something we just turn off. It's not a faucet. It's a river. Right. It's a, something that's constantly flowing right. in our lives. So whether we're ministering to our kids or we're ministering to the kids that come from the community mm-hmm. or we're ministering at big church, right. It all needs to come from that place of love. Right. And so. Well, I mean, I was. I, we were looking up statistics before we start, started this episode, and we're veering off a little bit of our original intent. But that's that's how things happen here. And uh, you know, it sticks to it. One of the biggest little. reasons why people leave a church today is because of somebody in leadership leaving, so somebody that they had connection to, which which goes down to like what you're talking to. And and unfortunately, in the Western church and the American church, you know, the average pastor is there for five years youth pastors or even I mean I think it's like two or three years you know it's like so you come in you build connections and you leave and for people especially brand new Christians and you know you've walked you know they've had you walk with them right and then all of a sudden you're gone that that's really difficult and so why keep going to have another relationship only for it to, to happen again well, we just had a student tell us he, he was in the car with us and we're driving back from church or from some kind of ministry event. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, he pretty much said, he said, you guys are my spiritual parents. Yeah. Meaning, and he, and it was, uh, and in that moment it was kind of like a step back. It's like, it's like when someone tells you that the weight of that, mm-hmm. the weight of that is that, that because we've imparted and because we brought them, 
We, yeah. Well, he was saved under our ministry. Right. He's right. been baptized under our ministry. Right. He's preached under our ministry, right? He's been filled with the Holy Spirit under our ministry. Yeah. Like, there's this connection and this strong thing. It's like Timothy and Paul. Right. And Timothy, and Paul says, you're my son in the faith. Mm. Like, I have a deep love for you because we're family. We're right. all the body of Christ. It's not just individuals anymore. Right. And so when he said that to us, it kind of... Yeah. It's the, he's probably the first kid that ever said that. That verbalized it. Verbalized it. Yeah. I mean, and we've ministered to... Hundreds. Yeah. And we've um, had really close relationships with close. many. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, we have we have a, a student out in Colorado that we still keep in contact with that we're very proud of who's serving in ministry now. Yep. Youth who, ministry. Uh, who's, who her husband is, is he, he's, can't, he's, you can't reveal it. Oh, he's pursuing God and the call of God on <laughs> his life. So, yeah. um, but with that, like we've been really close and, and actually we did their wedding. Like yeah. we drove all the way out there mm-hmm. to, to just for her wedding. That yeah. was the only reason why we went and right. to see our friends right. who we love. Right. But it was it was specifically that because we were so close to her. Yeah. But um. But this is the first time a, a kid has ever expressed and called us parents. Right. Right. Um. In in the faith, which which kind of took us back. Yeah. And it's because a, that because that comes from a kind of like a worldview too. Mm-hmm. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's it. It 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 changes the relationship and it puts. I'm gonna sneeze. Okay. But it put it puts a more a you we're more recognizing the weight in the it. weight of it, yeah. 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 And, and we have that and we I mean, we're just having a conversation with, with Pastor Sam about our students. Who is gonna be on this podcast? Yeah, and, probably in like two or three weeks. And former students and just like the connection with them and you know, running into them in the community and our and our love for our students and sometimes they hide from us, right? Because their life isn't going so great. And other times they, you know, wanna come up and tell us all that's going on in their life and and you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting now being so many years into youth ministry and, and being where we're at. And, and, you know, the other thing is, it's like for us, like right now, this group of kids that we have right now is very different for us. It's a very different, it's a different, and actually I was just telling our former student, Megan, I was just telling her that I said, it feels like a completely different world now. It's a completely different like lifetime. And even our, our relationships with these kids is just different. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that came, well, three years does a lot. Yeah, three sure years does. does a lot. Amen. Um, but but also just understanding things that you didn't know before. Mm-hmm. That like, for instance, like the word of God is powerful. Yeah. Before we used to think we used to have to stimulate kids. Yes. We used to have to do things to get them to want to be there. Right. But what we've found, even like, so that student that said that, Brandon, like what we found is there's a hunger. Hunger yeah. drives. Mm-hmm. And then it, then the pressure's not on you. So, so like, right. when I get up to preach, I'm not looking to preach an, an entertaining message. Right. As far as in, like, doing, like, it's not a circus show. <laughs> right. I just get up there, and I believe the Word of God is strong right. and effective. Right. And God's Word doesn't return void. So when I preach, I preach the gospel. Right. And what, and what we've seen is that as we preach the gospel is that there's a response to the gospel. Right. I think the other thing for us is it's the weight of the gospel now. Yeah. Because I think what, what marks our ministry, what's different now than before, is the weight of the ministry. Because before, you know, we'd go a year before having a gospel conversation with a kid. And they'd be like, well, I told them, you know, that God loves them. But, like, we didn't, we didn't close the deal. We didn't, we didn't get in there. And now it's like, oh, they're here. The weight of the gospel. We've got to tell these kids about Jesus. We've got, like, we've got don't to. don't know. And even, even this past Wednesday, you know, we had a student come in who uh, doesn't get to come very often, and she has to leave by a certain time. And every single time she's left, she has yet to hear the gospel presented in the service. She's heard the gospel presented 
face to face, but not. mind you, we share the gospel every service, every, every service, it's it because you every service, and so, um, and so I I was doing announcements, and I felt the Lord just tell me I, I had to share the gospel right then. So before we even started worship, before you even got up to preach, right? Because I knew she was leaving, and the, and it was the weight of that that we have, like we have to do that, and she she did. She she professed faith. She was raising her hands in worship. worship yeah. She we prayed over somebody. She wanted to come and pray over that. You know, it was just like it was just profound and incredible. But and there's. Powerful. There's a difference now, and and what I really think the difference is, is because we actually believe the Bible, <laughs> and 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 not only do we believe the Bible, but it's living and active in us. And and being in and being in, in youth ministry, right? We don't we don't know how long we get with these kids. Yeah. So we've had kids that we've grown really close to, and then we we get them saved and then baptized, and then they're gone. And then we never see them again. We never see them again. Yeah. And all we can do is pray for them, and 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 God watches over His flock. Right. Right. God watches. We trust the Holy Spirit. We trust. Jesus with his with his with his students, yeah. And so we don't know how long the time is. Um, and the other thing that we've also noticed in ministry is that Satan's not waiting, hmm. right? Satan's right. there's an enemy that goes around roaring like a uh, goes around like a roaring lion, yeah, seeking whom he may devour. Hmm. And he's not waiting for kids to get called to Bible college, get their get their degrees, and right. then get out in the ministry before he attacks. Right, that's right. right? That's not what he does. He's yeah. going after. He attacked. He attacked Israel when they were babies. Mm, he went when right. Moses was going to be born. He went after the babies. Yeah. And when Jesus was going to be born, what did he do? Right. He went after the baby. Right. He goes after the generations when they're young to cause trauma, right. to cause brokenness, to cause a worldview where God is not there. God is distant. God is bad. Right. But the gospel's the complete opposite. Right. Of that, we found too. Right. So as we preach the gospel, kids start crying, not right. because because there's brokenness. Yeah. And they've been looking for this healing and they're young. I mean, mm. there's kids who are 14 years old, 13 years old who have experienced more in their life than most adults will ever experience. Right. And and they're broken and they're hurt. Yeah. And so as you preach the gospel and you know that the gospel has power and effect, it's powerful, right? That the gospel is, is going forth and the gates of hell are not prevailing because mm. the kingdom of God is advancing. And when you start preaching the gospel to these kids, they start breaking down and crying. Yeah. And, and you don't, and it's, and you're not, it's not like you're, you're 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 specifically diving into the emotional distress in their life because it's a group setting. Mm. You're just saying that there's a God who can bind your broken heart. And so whether you struggle with depression, whether you struggle with fear, whether you struggle with anxiety, whether bad things have been spoken over you or done to you, there's a God who can heal your heart. That's and right. there's a God who Amen. can forgive you of your sins. And not just forgive you of your sins, but to anoint you with your Holy Spirit so that when you walk into those battlefields, right. you have the power of Christ on you and you bring the victory. Right. You bring the gospel. That's right. And so when, as you proclaim those messages, as, as we've seen, even this past week, we've had a new kid come twice. Hungry. Hungry and crying, yeah. he, like crying at the end of the service and raising his hand. Uh, first and going was, home and reading God's word. And re- yes, going home and reading God's word. Um, the first week was to give his life to the Lord. The second week was to be empowered by the Holy Spirit yeah, to walk in anointing. That was the, that was, I said, if you want that, raise your hand because God honors that. Well, we also saw a really cool moment where we have a student who, who sometimes doesn't seem like he's paying attention, but we're investing into his life and we believe we're believing big things for him. And he, and we see, we see the hunger start. Right. And he, he actually got up and ministered to this other kid this week. And and that, that was a really cool moment. And then we saw another kid who seems very often aloof and disinterested, but behind the chairs, I walked past him and during worship, he actually had like his hand like raised up, but you couldn't see it, but he had it like up, you know, like, like that, like, so th- things are happening and, and I don't know, it's exciting. It's exciting to and, see. And, and I, th- I think a lot of that is, is creating, and this goes along with family stuff too, is mm-hmm. creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can minister. Right. 
So it's not just like getting the job done. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like we come. It's not a checklist. It's not a checklist. Mm -hmm. And I apologize to any parents who send their kids to our youth group when we're late because God is moving. I don't, Um, I don't, I don't apologize (laughs) to that. I just, I I just didn't be back, you know, tapping my wrist being like, it's like, like this past week, like it's 830, it's 830. You got to hurry up. But God was moving. But God was moving. And we, and we took that extra time to do the gospel presentation before. And and I won't, we won't apologize for that. No, we won't apologize Um, for that. And kids are raising their hands. Yeah. And, and there, we got to pray for, actually, we have to ask her, her testimony about sleep. Remember mm-hmm. I brought up, I brought mm-hmm. up how we prayed for a student about sleep because they had nightmares and yep. then we checked in with them and they yep. said that night they slept like a baby, Amen. like a beautiful night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, if you sleep like our baby, it's <laughs> yeah, I don't kicking know where and that term punching. Comes from. Like, I don't know, but yeah, but he slept <laughs> well, perfect. Slept so there's another testimony years. for you. Like we prayed for a student who was mm-hmm. struggling with, with kind of night terrors and night dream, uh, nightmares. Yeah. We prayed for them and we specifically prayed over Proverbs, which says your sleep will be peace Amen. and rest. That's right. Um, and- you know, that was, that was one thing for me that speaking of that, that scripture, because that reminded me, I remember back a long time ago, um, Asher, when he was little, he used to have night terrors and my girls never, they never had night terrors. There wasn't anything we've ever dealt with. And then we've since have had kids who you know have dealt with it, but Asher was really the first one. And I was really distraught about it, you know, because they say, oh, they don't remember whatever. Um, I, I believe that it's spiritual because I believe that everything is spiritual and I remember um, a, a woman who has spent a lot of time really investing into me, and she was really one of the only ones at that point in my life. And she said, "She said you don't have to accept this." And I remember very. Spe- I remember where we were. We were on the stairs of our former church, and she said, "You don't have to accept this." She said, "As parents, you have authority over what's happening in your children." And so she she printed out a list of scriptures to pray over him to take authority for what was happening with his, his night terrors. And I'm not sure if I actually did that. Like, I'm not sure. I think, like, I like I pray, like I prayed and, like, I did it. I don't think I understood the authority that I understand that I have now, right? That 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 now you can say, like, no, you are going to sleep peacefully. You're going to have the best night's sleep of your life. You know, like, you're not going to struggle with night terrors or, or nightmares or anything like that. Well, but it was profound, and it's something that stuck with me. So it's, yeah. like, it's something that even, like, later on when there were things that happened, I would be like, oh, well, I remember this this woman. She told me I had authority. And it had it, it was almost, and I'm sure I had heard it before, but it was almost something that I had just never understood or heard, but I didn't really even apply until, I mean, years later. And I think part of that is because, like, we read the Word of God, mm-hmm. but we truly don't comprehend all of it. Right. So, like, right. I, that clicked for me. When, we were, when I was doing a youth sermon on, on Ephesians, mm-hmm. when we were looking at Ephesians chapter 2, and we were talking about, um, it's talk, it uses that term, in him, mm. in him, in him, in him, and it says that, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 actually, it ends, it says that Paul's prayer is that they would come to the understanding, right? that they, that they, that they would have knowledge of, 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 of God's will mm. for them, and the power of God that is at work for them. That was displayed. So the power of God was displayed in the resurrection of Jesus right. Christ when He raised them. But this is the cool part. He says He raised them from the dead. But that same power didn't just raise them from the dead, but it exalted Him to the right hand of the mm. Father, where He is above right. all powers and authorities, right. all dominions, and He is the head of the body, which is His church, the fullness mm. of Him who fills all things in every way. And then it goes on to say, "Guess what? You were dead, right. but God raised you. That same power." Right. And he says, but then it doesn't just say he raised you from the dead. It says, but he seated you with him in heavenly mm, places. That's right. So you're in Christ Jesus, who is above all things. Right. And so then at the end of the book, when you get to the very end, right, 
It talks about the armor of God. Hmm. And we love to quote the armor of God and we, we do the little kids' pictures. Right. But what that armor displays is the authority that you have that's backed by the power of God. Right. It says, finally, be strong in the strength of his might. Amen. Of his might. Not your own might. Don't, you can't overcome it. Like we, that's what the world tries to do. It tries to give you the best advice, mm. the best opinions. Right. Brokenness, broken people trying to heal broken people leads to a broken world. Right. You can't get it. We can prescribe pills to help you deal with issues, but we can't heal you. Yeah, that's right. Right? And so at the end of the book, it says, when Satan comes against you as a believer, you have authority because you're backed by the power of God and right. God has equipped you. That's what right. the armor that's of God right. is. It's in equipping. It's saying you have salvation, so you don't need to worry about that. You have righteousness. You have faith. Right. You have a sword of the word that you can speak, and the enemy will run because it's your weapon of defense. You speak the word. The word is a sword. Right. Hebrews says that. The word is a Amen. sword. And so it's understanding that. that and that, that alters your worldview. Mm. It alters the way you pray for your kids. It That's alters right. the way you do ministry. That's right. Because it's, it's whose power? It's God's power. And I am in Christ Jesus. So there's things that I don't have to accept in my life. And not just in my life because we're the spiritual covering of our family, our family's lives. And so we pray different. We, we, we do family different. We, we minister different. It's just, it changes everything when you grab a hold of that. When you don't just read it, but you apply it to your well, life. It has to be alive. Yes. The word of God is living. It has to be living and active in you. And that, and that, and, and again, as parents, as parents together, not just dad, not just mom, dad and mom, right? The, the two becoming one, it has to be in both of you that the word becomes active in. And, and, and then it's really out of the overflow of that, that then you begin to impart that to your children and teaching your children about the word becoming active in them as well. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, we brag on our kids a lot because they're the example that they have, that we have. There are, there are kids, you know, and even, even this week, um, well, we've been on a fast. There's been things that we, we really felt, we felt specifically to fast and to just kind of press in. And it's not anything that we, we don't announce it to our kids. We don't, they didn't even really know until about halfway through or three quarters of the way through, um, but there's things in our daughter's lives right now that they want to see or that they're struggling with or, like, there's there's some breakthrough that they want to happen. And next thing we know, our daughters are fasting, right? And and as as a parent, I, I've got to be honest, the first time that our kids wanted to fast, you know, my immediately, like, my immediate is like, no, like, you need to eat. Like, your, your children, like, you need to eat, right? Because that's our immediate response. Or... Like, no, I don't want you fasting for that long. I want you to short it, you know, that kind of thing. But also understanding that those same spiritual disciplines are just as effective for our children, if not more. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And in that, you know, that it's the same principles. And again, there is no junior Holy Spirit. And so if our children are called to fast, we need to support them in that fast and, and doing so. And I think I think a, a, a big part of it is is taking your kids for that journey too. Yeah, when, don't when leave them in the dust. And I actually, you were preaching on... Um, Downstairs, you preached on it Wednesday, but actually, I got to hear more of it. it was better downstairs the day. when you were talking about Jehoshaphat, yeah, and how how the families got together. Oh yeah, I'm, so it wasn't just the it, so like it wasn't just the men going to war. No, but they were gonna they were gonna obey God as families. He called the nation of Judah to fast together, and so all the men, and it says the men, their little ones, their wives, and their children all st- stood before him, and they literally waited to hear from. Yeah. to hear God speak. I think that's I think that's a beautiful picture. Yeah. of 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 the well, it's the nation of Israel, but right. also of the church. 
Right. Right. That that it's the families together. That, yeah. that it's called to seek God together. And then you have Jehoshaphat who falls down on his face and worship, and then you have everybody else fall down on their face yeah. and worship. And it's the entire. And it's also a beautiful picture of unity, unity within the body, because they're not. There's nobody arguing with Jehoshaphat about like what's going on. It's that like he's their king, and we're going to trust him. And the spirit of the Lord comes on Jehaziel, and okay, yep, that's it. And they're going to go, and they're going to follow that. And you know, they're. I mean what God called them to do is insane. You don't go to battle with, with songs and, you know, all of the things that it, it said to do and just like trusting when you have three enemies coming at you, right? But they did and they worshiped the entire way through all of them. As, uh, as, as a family. family. As families. Yeah. Because na- what makes a nation? Families. Right, well, right. You have really your, your family music. unit and then you, you build up the, the entire nation. nation. It's the same thing that builds a church. Right. And, and we have a king. We have a king as Jesus Christ. He's the he's the one who's seating on David's throne forever. Right. Right. Uh, that's 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 the promise we have, and he's a good king. And so uh, I just was thinking that, like, as as families, if we ever if we ever went to a church and preached on it, that that would be a really po- a powerful yeah thing to preach on. Would be would be the family unit going to war together. Yeah. And worship. Right. And, and what that did. And- when I picture like Jahaziel, like I, I, I don't know. Well, can you imagine those right? kids' lives? Well, yeah, I know forever the impact that so had. So they saw this arm, three armies get put to flight, and their parents obeyed yes. God enough to say, "Hey, you're coming with us." And God gave the nation and and a time of prosperity and rest after that. And so, like the the other thing is like the the, the prosperity that happened in the plunder is also the miraculous, just because of obedience and worship. The entire nation, the families, the little ones, the children. Right, they had three days of collecting the plunder, and it was so much wealth that was like unbelievable. Just now, in this blessing. Now to tie that to modern days, and Second Chronicles chapter twenty. If yeah, that's... yeah. And now tie that to modern days is that we don't, we don't go to war against flesh and blood. No, that's Ephesians. That's right. right. It says we, we we wrestle principalities. Right. The weapons of our warfare are strong and mighty to tear down strongholds. Right. But we still do warfare as family. That's right. We still we still praise God as a family. We yeah. still seek God. As a family, and as we do those things, that God aligns, God takes the, what the enemy is trying to do to, to destroy family, to destroy, to to come against the people of God, and he and he, he turns it on its head. Right. That's why. That's that's an amazing thing too. Like when we think about it, like at the end of in Revelation, when it says they'll overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. That's the work of Jesus Christ on that mm-hmm. cross. We are saved. We are redeemed. We uh, he's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Like we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Right. But he says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And then the word of our testimony is what God has done and is doing. Right. It's not just a salvation testimony. Yeah. Right. It's like right. that's a testimony that that they can look back on at Jehoshaphat's time and say, if God can take out three enemies when I worship Him, right. What can't our God do? Right. Exactly. In fact, that's that's in 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 the whole book of the Old Testament. What does God say? He says, "I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God." who started you in Abraham when mm. he was too old to do it. I'm the God who can make things out of nothing, but I'm also the God who re- who, who uh, redeemed you out of Egypt. Right. See, I'm the God who does those things, right. and I can do it again. And, yeah. and it's, it's understanding that you're building a foundation where you see God move, right. and then when something else happens in your life, if, if it, it's, not, it's not so hard. It's not right. so hard to see God move. Like, God did it in the past, and God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can trust him in the future. Right. And we can remind God of, of, of what he's done. And when we do that, we're, we're reminding ourselves, right? So when we hit trial and tribulation, we can say, well, God, you crossed me. You know, we went through this and this is where you took me out. And then this happened and then this happened. And you can start recounting it to yourself and you can recount it to your children. And then you can take the promises that you have and you can remind God of that because that's what we're called to do. Not because like God forgets, but because we forget. 
And we can remind him and say, this is, this is what you said you're going to do. And so I'm going to trust you and I'm going to worship you until this happens or through, through it all. And, and so some of you guys might be sitting there and be like, well, you don't know what my life is like right now. Yeah. You don't know what, I, what I'm going yeah. through. And I'm, I'm reminded, I was listening to a sermon yesterday, and it says that the man who built his house on the words of Jesus at the end of, of the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter, chapter 7, he says, he says, the rain comes and the wind blows. That, doesn't, that means you still feel the elements. Right. You still feel the elements of the things trying right. to beat That's you right. down. He says, but that house was built on the foundation, Amen. and it did not crumble. That's right. It didn't crumble. When you build your life on the word of God, yeah, there's going to be storms. Yeah. Jesus makes that, he, he warns you right off. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Right. But take her, I have overcome the world, that I have given you a foundation so that when right. the winds come and the storms come, you can live your life. Amen. And they're not going to knock you over. In fact, you have victory when they're done. That's right. And the other person who doesn't do it is like the man who built his house on the sand and it caves in. Right. That's right. It comes crumbling down. And you have those those testimonies mm. of God's faithfulness. And, and our kids are going to have those testimonies of God's faithfulness in their life when they get older. That's so right. so when, they, when they get into their marriages, they're going to, well, we're going to weed out the bad ones. But, uh, but, but they're going to have that strong sense of faith and, and, and trust in God. Right. So when they encounter issues, they said, well, it worked for my mom and dad. Right. And I know it's going to work for me. Right. And that's so right. that's, that's, it's important to instill those things into your kid's life. Right. Because it, it only takes a, really a generation. Right. That's right. Before it's forgotten. It does. Yeah. Before, before you just kind of go the ways of the right. world. Which is why it's so important as you experience things that God in your life is don't leave your kids behind. You bring them with you. Oh, and I was saying, if you're sitting there and saying in your life, well, you don't know what my life is like. It's right. dry. It's a desert. That the Bible says that, that, um, well, first it tells you to seek first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So there's mm-hmm. a promise that as you seek, God will add it. The second thing is this, is that in, in Joel, it says that he takes the years that the locusts have eaten. That's right. And he restores them. That's he, right. He, he brings them back. Like it's, it's, it's not over. Amen. That, that you're talking to, a, that we're dealing with a God mm. who takes Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones where everything's completely dead. It's dead, dead. There's no right. life. It's dry, and it's been dead for a long time. And just by the very word of God, life comes. Mm. And it's understanding that as we speak the word of God, as we speak the promises of God in our kids' life, and as we as we take them along and we share those stories with them, uh, and maybe even in your own life, recount right. the promises of God. Right. and Say it, God, you are not a respect of persons. What you did for somebody, you will do for me. That's you right. say that in your word, and you hold on Amen. to those promises, and you walk through it, and you start seeing the rivers start coming out of the desert. Yeah. You start seeing the, the oases that are sprouting up in your life. The ravens with cheeseburgers. The ravens with cheeseburgers when you're tired and hungry. God says, take a nap and eat some food. Yeah. And and you will start, then then all of a sudden, it, the, the, it starts getting easier. Mm-hmm. It starts getting easier. And when the devil comes against you, right, you're like, well, I know that God delivered me in the past, right. and that was pretty substantial. Right. This is nothing that my God cannot do for me. Right. The Red Sea Made, made some things in their lives a little bit easier to overcome. Right, that's right. Um, you know, like he, his deliverance, when you experience the deliverance of, the God, of God, it makes it easier when you, when you encounter those obstacles later on. Well, you think of manna and quail, right? You think of like, hopefully that, that you understand, like, well, if, if God can provide manna and quail for 40 years, then we can go, we can take this, the city, you know, because it's, God is faithful in what he does. And, yeah. And just and that, and it's just something and 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 I would encourage you to have those like conversations with your kids and 
it might be a, it might have been a while since you've seen God move, right? Because we run into people, right? We run into people and be like, well, I dealt with spiritual warfare once, you know, 10 years ago when I was in the situation. And you're like, oh, I don't think you know what spiritual warfare is. You're, 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 because you're not seeing like what it is, right? And you might not have current stories. You might be pulling from wells that have been dug a long time ago, right? But as you do that and as you recount it and as you press in, you're going to have more. You're going to get more. More from God or more spiritual warfare? No. <laughs> Don't confuse the people. Meaning that as you, more <laughs> more from God, more, more experiences. So as you recount the experiences you had and that as you press into what God has for you and as you begin to see the victory, you're going to find that you have more and more and more victories. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, because you'll be able to identify things for what they are. Right. You'll be able to say, well, this is just, you won't be walking around saying, well, this is just my luck. You'll realize that it's, it's the enemy at work. And when you realize that the enemy is at work, you can rebuke some things. Right. You can start saying some things and then get your life lined up with God. Right, that's and, right. And one of the big things that we always tell our kids, because it's set up in Deuteronomy, when God makes them a nation, he's bringing them into the land. He says, obedience always leads to blessing. That's right, amen. Obedience always leads to blessing. Which, with, with Jehoshaphat, right, in, in, the, in the previous chapter, what we see, or it might be two chapters ahead, uh, is, is with Ahab. And Ahab was, like, awful. And he's, and he, he coerces Jehoshaphat to, like, go in, in to war with him. And he's, he says, like, hey, you should come to war with me. And Jehoshaphat's like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. But, like, did you ask God? Like, did you ask, like, what, what the Lord says? And so, you know, Ahab brings his 400 prophets around him, and they're all like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're going to have victory. And and Jehoshaphat pauses. There's a check in his spirit. And he goes, isn't there one, like, prophet of the Lord? Uh, which I thought was really interesting because he, he, he identifies all of them. Yeah, then Micaiah comes. And, well, and, and, and Ahab goes, Micaiah. wait. Micaiah he hates Ahab. So he's like, yeah, go to war. We'll go. What's well, no, but Ahab hates Micaiah. And he goes, yeah, there's one, but I hate him because yeah. every time he speaks, like, it's always bad. And we're like, but it's well, always the word of God. But it's always the word of God. And so, and so it, the word, the text literally says that Micaiah answers sarcastically when they're like, should we go to war? Yeah, yeah, you should definitely go to war. Go ahead and do you that. And, and what happens is, is that, a, uh, Micaiah ends up prophesying. He said, if you do this, you're going to die. Like, that's just what it is. Like, Ahab, you're done. And Ahab goes, see, he always prophesies against me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I told you. And, like, and he goes and he does it anyway. And, and, gets killed. and he and he dies. So but then you fast forward. So now Jehoshaphat's home. And he, and there's not just one army against him. There's now three. And he's going, oh, crap. I don't want to end up like well, Ahab. <laughs> well, the other thing is, too, is there's another story where, where they built, they dig the, the, the water reflections mm -hmm. on the beach to mm -hmm. make it look like there's more of an army oh, than right. what they have. Yeah. And, and uh, it's Elisha that time. And Elisha, the yep. man of God, says, to the, to the king that Jehoshaphat teams up with, he says, I'm not going to answer you, but I am going to honor Jehoshaphat because he's righteous before right. the Lord. Right. And, and, and so then he gets, he gets the word of the Lord and he gets the, the, the tools to overcome the enemy right. because of his righteousness before God. Right. Right. Which is kind of a cool thing. So he, even the person that he aligned himself with, even though they were Israel, right. the northern king, right. but they weren't seeking God mm -hmm. and God honored Jehoshaphat, right. even in a bad contract. Right. But uh, but just that amazing that, that as he sought God, mm -hmm. that God responded to him and That's God right. answered him, and it saved not just him, right? Saved his family and it saved all the families, Amen. all the people's families, right? Um, and and understanding that 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 like seeking God can 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 save you and your family. And That's really you. what it That's is. That's right. Yeah. That's what yeah. it comes down to. And then you're able to share stories like we are, just like we are now, right? Is is of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. That's right. Um,
And do you have any thoughts? We, I don't know how we got into Josephette. just came up. <laughs> I, I mean, we really shouldn't name this one, Raising Your Kids with a Christian Worldview Part 2, because it's not really where we're at. We're only at 43 minutes right now. Oh. It's actually much less than that, because you had to use the bathroom before we started. No, I started every oh, recording right. after you. Yeah. yeah. So. Well... Folks, we've run out of things to talk about. No, we didn't. No, I, just, <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted to continue with Jehoshaphat on how we got onto that. Well, I like the story of Jehoshaphat. I mean, it, it something it like it it just it jumped out to me, and I've been in it for like three years now because it just and it, I mean, there's so much in it that you can really yeah. glean from, right? And it's something that I have. Oh, do it again. Oh no! Why do you keep doing that? I don't know. It hates me. The mic does not like her. Wow! It says I talk too much. One second. All right, we're gonna pause the show. Well, I was what I was gonna say. Well, I was talking to somebody. I was actually talking to Brandon again, but I was so also famous. talking to somebody else, and we were talking about how um, how this world, the thing that divides up family, is something that it pushes. Mm. And we kind of covered this a little bit last time. Um, and I won't. I'm, I'm probably not gonna go down this road, but mm. but we were just talking about how, like, on media, everything, mm. everything. Is, is is geared to divide up that that family unit and that and what got us talking. We talked about music. Music is always pushing sex and sexuality. Yep. Uh, the demoralizing uh, or devaluing right. of, of of human life. Um, oh, there's a kid screaming in the background. There's a baby trying to come up the stairs um, to see us. But I don't, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna go down that road today. Oh, we talked. But uh, yeah, we got into it a little bit, but but more along the lines of a Christian worldview. But but I think I think it's really important because we talked about this before. Going back to Jehoshaphat, what separated Jehoshaphat from from Ahab? Is Ahab is his love for God. His love for God is what and and in our life. Lo- I don't know what's wrong with your mic. One second. So what we're talking about is Jehoshaphat and what, what separated him I'm going this way, What separated him from, from the other king he has is was that he loved the Lord, he sought the Lord. And he was obedient. And he was obedient. Which is why when he met with Ahab he goes, Wait, like did you ask God like what he thinks? Right? Because we are the people of Israel, we should probably ask God. Yeah. And it's his obedience. And the other thing that I found was really profound with Jehoshaphat is that he didn't rush. Right, he he knew that the armies were coming. I mean, he got word from messengers that they were essentially just over the hill, right? That they're coming, but he didn't rush. He gathered the people. He he fell on his face, and he and they they simply waited for God to tell them what to do. And then it says the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, or however you say his name. Cool name. It is a cool name. But one, but one thing that we were talking about when when we were, before we even started this podcast because we. We were talking about a lot of different things, so that, maybe that's why the podcasts go the way they go. Um, sometimes, is we were talking about what separates a lot of people, it, a lot of people who do the things of God from the people who don't do the things of God. Mm. And I'm not just talking about just like going to church. I'm just talking about like everyday commitment, right? Because Christianity, it isn't just a, it isn't just a club. It's actually a lifestyle. Yeah. And what motivates the lifestyle is love. Right. Amen. Right. It, it's a love for God. It's not just it's not just a love for just like getting things right in your life mm. and having a checklist. Although those those do help because it because I mean obedience brings blessing, right? Right. That's right. Um, but it but it I mean we we talk about this all the time. That's why that's why America has been blessed for so long because it's been the number one giver to missions. Right. Ninety percent right. of world missions uh, funding comes from America. Right. And so even 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 
secular people if they grab hold of it. Like a nation can be blessed that way. Right. Um, but but it's that love of God. Mm. It's it's the love that that I mean because you think about it. What is it that motivated God to respond to our need when we were sinned? Mm. And the Bible points that clear. It was it was His love. Right. God right. so loved the world right. He gave. That's right. And then in Romans chapter five it says while we were still in sin. Mm. At just the right time, God demonstrated his love for us. That's right. That's right. And so it's understanding that, that as God, God has, has shown us his love. We know what love is because God has shown it to us. That's right. This is love. Not That's that we right. love God, but that he loved us and sent right. Jesus Christ. That's right. And so the response to that isn't just doing a checklist of, of religious acts like the Pharisees. Mm. Because they were, they were more religious than anybody right. when it came to that stuff. That's, That's right. why Jesus says unless you're... Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. Well, how do you get a righteousness more righteous than the Pharisees, the people who do the religious acts and even added to the law and yeah. made more, made it harder right. to do it? How, right. do you, how do you get beyond that? It's the righteousness of Jesus that's imparted to you. Right. He became Amen. sin who knew no sin so that I might be the righteousness of Christ. Mm. And so, the righteousness of God. So, understanding that, that God loves you so much that he made you righteous, so you don't have to, you don't have to strive. Right. That's, that's the first right. thing. I'm right. not striving for righteousness. Right. It's that's been right. imparted it's to done. me. Yeah. It's been uh, by God. Yeah. He gave it to me. That's right. But the other side, of, and now I stand in grace. That's another part of Romans chapter yeah. 5, and I couldn't stop reading it over and over. Yeah. We have access to God, and now we stand that's in right. grace. That's right. Everywhere I step, I'm standing in grace. Right. You know, I had a, um, I had a lady pull me out of church a couple weeks ago, and she, to ask me a question, and she said, she, she said, when you say that, like, well, the way she worded it, she said, what if there's a person who was, like, a robber, and they've been a robber their whole life, and all they've ever done is steal? And she said, and then you, you say that, like, salvation is even for them. Is it even, even for those people who have, like, sinned their entire life, done, like, really, really bad things? And the answer is yes, right? And then, of course, you go to, like, the ultimate examples, like, even Hitler, even, even Hitler had an opera, would, would have an opportunity to know Christ. Right, to, to be saved, to be completely cleansed of his sin. And that's hard as humans to understand. Like, right. it, it's hard for us to comprehend it and, and walk in that. But, but even Paul, you know, Paul was a murderer, a literal murderer. Like, that, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty, like, intense. But he was able to walk in the grace of God, be a leader in the church. I mean, all of those things, it's just, it's, it's, it's profound. And, and who but Jesus? And we were reading that today. Yeah. We were reading, as a family, uh, Acts 20-something, 20 21 yeah. or 22, where Paul's giving his defense before the people, and he mm -hmm. talks about his encounter with Jesus. Right. He says, I used to drag everybody out, and then he goes to the temple after uh, Ananias, Ananias yes. shows up and heals him and says, what are you waiting for? Be baptized. He goes to the temple, and he's praying, and Jesus mm. talks to him. And he says, Paul, uh, Saul, he says, I've called you. Mm. And Saul's response is like, Jesus. He's like, I used to drag people out of their houses. Right. And he says, when your servant Stephen... He says, your witness. He says, yeah. when your witness, Stephen, was wow. being stoned, he says, I condone that. Right. In fact, I watched over the coats as they did that. Right. And Jesus' response wasn't based on what he had done, but it was who he was in Christ. That's right. And he says, I've called you and I've given you an assignment. Right. And now you need to go do it. Right. That's right. And so, yeah. and so and then you have Paul who writes in Philippians, right? After reading his, 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 his like, God, I'm disqualified. Because of what I've done. I'm thankful for the grace that has saved me. And yeah. I'm not going to go do the things I've done. But I can't serve you. Right. Jesus says, I've called you. That's right. I've given you an assignment. Now you're going to complete it. And then Paul in Philippians, what he says is, everything that has hindered me 
I strip it all off so that I may obtain the prize. Amen. And the prize isn't just heaven. The prize is a person who I'm in in love with because he saved my soul on the road to Damascus. And so he's not pursuing just a destination. He's pursuing a person. That's right. Right? The the one that came to this earth to redeem him Mm. is the end goal for Paul. And it should be the end goal of all of us, right? As as believers, it's it's Christ coming back. That's right. And we and us being able to go spend eternity with him forever. It's not it's it's a beautiful picture of that final union. I've and I, I was explaining this to somebody, I forget who it was, maybe it was you guys when we were coming back from listening to Tiff Shellsworth talk about end time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've lived my whole life just to see him. Right. And now he's, now I get to. So right. death is not, it's not, a, it's not an end for me. Right. It's exactly. the beginning of this amazing exactly. time where I get to see my Savior. Right. And if he, whether it's him, whether I get teleported up like, like Star Trek or I see, <laughs> like, like or or I die and I breathe my last breath. I know that Christ is going to be there, just like He was for Stephen, mm. to welcome me into right. eternity with Him. And I've lived my life for that moment. Amen. And so it's love that motivates. Yeah, it's the love that motivates. It's not the it's not the rules and regulations, right? Because or the checklist or the checklist. Because Paul even writes that in Galatians. He says, he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You can't add to the gospel. The right. gospel is a message of love and good news that God loved you so much. In your brokenness, yeah. he came so that you could be made whole, restored, right. have salvation, and spend eternity with Jesus Christ forever. So if you want your children to love Jesus, you first have to love Jesus. Yes. And you have to receive his love as that free gift. Yes. And that's what it is. It's a free gift. You have to receive it. Because sometimes, too, like we can, we can know, like, oh, yeah, God died for me or whatever. But we also, like, there's, there's an act of, like, receiving that sometimes, like, there's a barrier between that to actually just receive. That's a callous just heart. The, just the love. Yeah. That's a callous heart. Right. And so when, you, when your heart's calloused, it, 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 it leaves out the, I mean, when we read the Old Testament and it says they have a callous heart, mm-hmm. they, couldn't re- they couldn't understand the things of God or receive the things of right. God. God says, why are you turning to idols? Why are yeah. you turning to the nations? I want to redeem you. Right. Just seek me. Mm. Respond to me. Right. And in the in the new and in our own lives, like we, I remember I brought this up specifically with a student whose parents were separating, mm-hmm. and that hurt. Satan tries to use that to cause callousness, right? So they can't experience the love of God, right? But God loves them, yeah, that's right. And His Word melts callousness, that's right, because God is in the business of love and restoration, right? That's right, and redeeming, right? And um, and so you're exactly right, though. You have to be able to receive it. if you have hurt in your life. That you've been carrying for so long, mm-hmm. that, that, identify it for what it is. It's something that's trying to the enemy's trying to use that to hinder the love of God, like a like a like a filter. Yeah. So it, it so you can't receive everything that God has right. for you. That's right. But God is Jesus stands up and he quotes one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah sixty one. It says, "The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Mm. He's given me the mantle of this ministry. Anointing right. is that to proclaim the good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted." To, to announce freedom to the captives mm, and the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Right? And and then in Luke chapter 3 or 4, Jesus stands up. Yeah. And he opens that scroll and he says, The spirit of the sovereign Lord right. is upon me because I have this ministry Amen. right here. That's right. And then he rolls up the scroll and he says, Today these words are fulfilled in your Amen. hearing. Woo-hoo. And then what does Jesus say to his disciples? He says, You will receive power when the Holy That's Spirit right. comes upon you. You're going to be anointed Even to, greater. Do the, right. to, to do the work of Jesus Christ. He right. ushered in a new year, a new ministry. And that's still alive and active still alive today. And active. Right? Exactly. Which... The ministry of binding broken hearts, proclaiming the gospel, setting captives free, and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor is still upon us. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is, is that there's, there's an opportunity 
what Jesus offers us is like a life of joy. And I feel like that that's something that like took us a really like hard, like long time because yeah. we kind of like live this life that we were meant to suffer. We were meant to struggle in sin. We were meant to be sinners. We were meant to all of this forever and ever and ever. But we didn't understand the freedom or the joy that like God had for us, that, that the, the sins and the struggles, right, they, they can be gone in an instant. They can be gone. You can work through them. You can receive healing, right? And, and, and just in my own life, I mean, even with, with anxiety, it just, it, just a couple years ago, that was my personality. I was anxious. I was, I struggled uh, somewhat with depression, but really with, with anxiety. That was my thing, right? That was my identity, right? And I'm a Christian, you know, you can be a Christian and have anxiety too and, and those things. But no, God has come to fulfill you, to, to strip that away, to take that away. That's a spirit, and you don't have to live under that for the rest of your life. And in fact, God doesn't want you to live under that for the rest of, of your life. He wants you to be in freedom in Him, right? Mm. And and that He wants to be the peace that passes all, all understanding over your life. That that you can look and you can say, "This isn't an issue for me," you know, or you can identify, "Oh, hmm, I feel that. I know what that is. That's anxiety. You're not allowed here. You need to leave." Mm. You know? Yeah. I think sometimes I, I was reading, I've been reading if, Romans 5, 6, and 7, and, and now getting it to 8. I've read mm -hmm. it about four times in the past week. It's wow. so good. Um, and in that part, in chapter 7, like Paul ends it, and he's talking about the problem of sin mm. in us. Mm. And he gets to this part. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from the body of death? And I feel like so many times that's where we stop mm. in the process. Yeah. Right? Sin always leads to death. Right. And sin separates us from the promises of God and the That's goodness right. of God. And we always end there, whether it's sin that we've done mm. or sin that has been done to us. That's right. And, and it leaves this brokenness there that, that, like I said, God came to, Jesus came to bind the broken heart, but we don't allow that area of our heart to be healed or that mm. area of our life to be healed or that right. those chains to be broken. We still hold on to it. Right. We still hold on with the trauma and, and with, but, you, but the new creation life is just right there. Right. And so we stop. We're like, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will actually be able to help me? Uh, maybe when I get to heaven, yeah. I'll finally experience the healing and the wholeness right. that I want. But the, Paul doesn't stop with that verse. Yeah. In fact, I already said in Philippians, he says everything that hinders him, he's stripping it off. Right, it's gone. He doesn't accept yeah. it. He right. says, no, that, that right. doesn't get a place and that's, in the that's, that's, the that's the authority aspect. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, we, the church, we so lack in authority. We so lack in the understanding of, like, you have authority over look these up, things in your life. Look up teachings by that, about the believer's authority yeah. in Christ, in him. Right. In him, it says this, Colossians chapter 2, in him, the fullness of the deity dwelt, being Jesus. Right. In him, the fullness of the deity. Everything that was in God is in Jesus. Right. He's not lacking a thing. Right. That's and then right. it says, and he dwells in you. Yeah. <laughs> he dwells in you. But, but before I get too excited about that, I'm going to go back to that Romans thing. So Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of sin, this body of hurt, this body of brokenness, this body of destruction? Who will save me from these things? And, and what does he say? He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm. There's one who saved us. Right. Amen. And it wasn't a man and it wasn't, it was, it was God himself. That's right. And that's why he goes on in Romans chapter 8 and says, therefore, there is no condemnation because God, mm. because thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, right. he has redeemed me, he has restored me, he has saved me. Therefore, I don't have to walk in condemnation. Yeah. I don't have to walk in brokenness. And then he goes on to say, not only do you, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but you are a child of God. Amen. You cry out, Abba, Father. Right. Your prayers go right to your Father. That's right. It's not just some distant deity. Yeah. It's Abba, Father. Right. You don't have a spirit of fear. That's right. But a spirit of adoption. Yeah. 
And when it's understanding that, it's understanding that new identity in Christ Jesus. You don't have to accept those. And now some people be like, well, you don't know what I've dealt with. Right. But I, I would introduce you to Jesus Christ. Right. That's right. Amen. The God who binds the broken right. heart. The God who makes all things new. The God who calls things that are not as if they are. Right. And then they can become reality. Right. Right. So often we, we talk about, this is part of a Christian worldview, I guess, is we talk about the physical world mm. and the spiritual. Or in philosophy, they would call it the metaphysical mm. world. It's this, it's this spiritual world. And so much time, so many, so many Christians, and, and I myself used to do this until about three years ago, is we put so much credit on the physical. Right. We mm-hmm. live for the That's physical. Right. We live in the physical. Right. We are physical. And we neglect the spiritual. That's right. We feed our bodies, but we don't feed our spirit yeah. and our soul. Right. And so, and so now with, with, well, with all the modern medicine, we, we, we see the, spirit, the, the soul crisis. Yeah, that's the soul right. is your mind. It's 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 your feelings. It's your it's your emotions, right? You 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 see the crisis of the soul, mm-hmm. and now we we because we've neglected it, and we focus so much on the physical and the pleasures right. of this world that that the soul is lacking, and so yeah. now there's brokenness and identity. There's right. there's there's transgenderism on the rise because people are looking for healing and wholeness and acceptance and, right. and something to change the inside that they're feeling. Their heart, their heart's right. broken, so they're right. trying to change the outward side outward to make it. Fix it, the inward, yeah. but if your heart's broken, you can't find wholeness in that. That's right. But we in any aspect. In any aspect. Yeah. But it's only God who binds broken hearts, and, and right. it's, it's understanding that we need to feed our spirit. Right. Because where did this physical world come from? Hmm. The Lord, who is spirit, spirit. He right. spoke it, and the greater reality, which is the God, His spiritual reality, spoke this physical right. world into existence. That's, right. That's why it's so important. To understand who God is mm. and where He is right now, He's on the throne. He's above all things. Right. Who Jesus Christ is and where He is on, where He is seated right now, and who you are in Christ Jesus. That's right. Amen. Who you are in Christ Jesus. Mm. God's not. God doesn't just do half the work. That's right. Right. I mean, sometimes we we like to hold on to things in our mind, but God's not a God who does half the job. That's right. He does the whole thing. Yeah. When He says He binds the broken heart, He means He binds the broken right. heart. Right. He doesn't just leave this little piece over here. It's what we are willing to surrender yeah. and what we are willing to lay down. When That's Jesus right. says, come and lay your burdens down, we have to respond to the call. That's right. Yeah. To say, here it is. Here's everything. Yeah. Here's everything. I don't want to hold the same. And when the devil tries to come into our life and try to try to remind us of the past, right. try mm-hmm. to remind us of the hurt, try yeah. to remind us of the brokenness, we are like Paul. We said, but thanks be to God, he has redeemed right. me. That's right. That's not and that is are. not my pride. That's not who I am in Christ Jesus. And That's everything right. that tries to hold us back, we strip off. That's right. Amen. Whether it's worldly, whether it's brokenness, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's any of that stuff. Yeah. We strip it off. That's right. And we run towards the prize, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. That's right. And so I got a little preaching. That's all right. Good. But is there anything else you want to all add right. to that? I think, I think we're good for today. We're if I could just reiterate one more time, know who you are in Christ. That's right. Amen. And the only way you're going to, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes. Faith is the assurance, the assurance of yes. so forth. That's right. And, and it's, it's who we are in Christ. We live by faith. That's I walk right. by faith. The Amen. spirit of God guides me as I believe in faith. Amen. And because of that, I am a new creation yeah. in Christ. And, uh, and that's probably one of the biggest things that we've seen uh, attacked on this generation mm. is identity. Right. It's a, it's a lost identity generation. Yeah, that's right. And some of the and, and it started it didn't just start with this generation. No. It's been building. It's been, it's been yeah. building. When I was a kid there was goth people who were hurt and depressed and listening to sad, depressing right. music. Right. 
and it kind of morphed and it kept getting worse and worse. And then and, and really when we were, became an issue. Right. You know? When we, when we were kids, really, that's when, you know, depression became cool. You know, it was, you were able you wore to make up and you, stuff like you, that. And you were able to express yourself. No, but I was eating Doritos and drinking Pepsi and I was a happy <laughs> kid. I was happy, happy, happy. And fat. <laughs> But it's the goodness of the Lord that makes fat. So there I, was, I, I was experiencing the goodness of God That's and being right. happy and fat and eating Doritos and drinking Pepsi That's right. with my youth pastor. I don't know if we really have like a whole, like one sentence to even wrap up this podcast because it's been layered. I don't even have a name for it, but that's all right. Something. But I would encourage you. And, and, if, and if you need to know, if you, I, so we're going to do this for you guys. Okay. Because I feel like this is important. Mm. If you are struggling. Yeah. Whether you, or you have a child struggling, um, please reach out to us. Yeah, let us know, mm-hmm. and I would love to just send you promises of God and Amen. and and verses from the Word of God. Yes. that's that you can speak over you. You can speak over your children, and and just and just speak it out and speak it out in faith. Right. Amen. Because Peter was still Simon when he was called Peter. Yes. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit got a hold of him that's where he right. became the Rock. Right. Amen. And it's not about where you're at now. It's about what can Christ can do between now and then. Amen. That, that totally transforms your life. That's right. Amen. And so I, so if you are struggling, if you're hurting, uh, write to the page or message the page. Yep. Uh, um, and we would love to do that. Right. We do that with our students. Yes, we do. And we've seen a, amazing fruit as they as they hold on to the promises of God. And, I'm yeah. not, and so when we say that, we're talking about families who are completely broken. Yeah. Drug, drug addiction. Right. Uh, divorce. Yeah. Um, adultery, like we're talking about, like severe issues mm-hmm. that where God is ministering in their life, right? Because not because of who we are, but because His Word is true. Amen. That's right. His Word is true. That's right. And so, if you build your life on that Word, yeah, it you have a foundation. Amen. And when the storms of life come, they won't knock you over. That's right. And so, yeah, be blessed, and we are grateful for you, for our listeners, for this ministry, and we are excited to see what God you know, has immediately and then, and then over time for, for this ministry, for this podcast. So, yeah. You want to close it out with any of the ads that you want to do? <laughs> well, don't forget to subscribe if you um, have enjoyed this content today or if it has blessed you at all because there's more, there's much more. And if you want to partner with this ministry, um, we have avenues to do that. Uh, there's cash up below. You can become a monthly donor if you would like and um yeah i think that that's that's it and if you need prayer if you need prayer we will us. pray yes we all we love yeah. to pray for people and if you have a testimony we'd love to hear your testimony yes. you know from from this podcast if you have so. a testimony that we can share we'd love to yes, do that too. even more yeah <laughs> and so uh god bless you guys yes we love you Amen. but more importantly god loves you that's right and he has a wonderful plan for your life yeah so be blessed Amen.